Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, October 26th, and we are in the Gospel of John. Today we are on John chapter 7, so I hope you are ready to dive into God's Word on this Tuesday. It's always exciting to get into God's Word because we He always speaks to us, he always uh, reveals things to us. So, um, welcome. <clears throat> we um, So, I'm back in P- Florida. Uh Flew back in last night from Kansas City, uh, which, by the way, beautiful flight out last night. You know, um, sun was setting over a just a blanket of white clouds. It was gorgeous, gorgeous. Um, just you know, makes you just marvel. Moments like that just make you marvel at uh, the goodness of God. You know, flying through the air at five hundred miles an hour in a piece of metal. <laughs> <laughs> and observe looking out the window at a beautiful sunset. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing how God has gifted men and women with ingenuity and uh, skill, and how He has uh, created the world with just picturesque sunsets uh, that are new and different every single evening. So, our God is awesome. Our God is awesome. Had a great time in Kansas City. Shout out to Hope Chapel and Jake and Sarah Zaski and Vince Steers. So appreciative to those guys for giving me some time uh, and the good work they're doing in their three locations in around Kansas City. Uh, it was awesome. Awesome. And uh, excited to uh, to implement some of the things I learned there. So um, it's awesome. We're excited about uh, Bayside and what God is doing there. And, you know, it's going great. I'm on sabbatical and it's uh, it's never been better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two months uh, on sabbatical for October and November. So, you know, rounding out the first month of the sabbatical. Um, but yeah, learned a lot. Um, was blessed uh, to also uh, hope Chapel had guest speaker Joanne Lyons uh, as their guest Sunday. And she was awesome and just really um, one, of the, one of the things she said that just stuck with me was that, you know, God wants to break our imaginations. And he was, she was referring to Ephesians 3.20 where, um, you know, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. And she said this phrase that God wants to break our imagination because it's too small. <laughs> yes, God wants to do more than you could ever ask or imagine. He wants to do that in you. He wants to do in you more than you could ever ask or imagine. He wants to do through you more than you could ever ask or imagine. According to his work, his power that is at work in Christ, doing that through you. It's awesome. Well, all right, guys, let's jump into the matter at hand, which is reading through the Bible. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So welcome, everybody. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys for your devotion to the word of God and devotion to learning and reading and this community. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, you can always reach out to me about the podcast at Bible Study Podcast 2020 at gmail.com. Bible Study Podcast 2020 
at gmail.com. All right, let's do it. John chapter 7. John chapter 7 is interesting. It's sort of where uh, people are trying to figure out who Jesus is. They're struggling with it. <laughs> you know, not everyone just came, just flocked to Jesus believing he was the Messiah. Not at all. People had to, even some of his own family, will struggle to figure out not the miracles that he's doing, which seem to be self-evident, but that he's the Messiah. So the fact that people even today struggle with coming to a full devotion to Jesus, they have to go through a process, should not surprise us. <laughs> they had to do the same thing when they saw Jesus walk in flesh. It was not an instantaneous, oh, I believe. Very few. Most of the time it's people struggling, wrestling, gathering evidence, gathering stories, experiencing things, getting questions answered before they come to believe. So, hey, don't be discouraged. Maybe you know some people, you're like, man, are they ever going to come to faith? Remember, it's a process. Just, you know, sometimes all we can do is hope that they get one step closer, still one step closer. And we believe by faith it'll happen. But it's a process. It always is. John chapter 7, after this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to... Uh, he did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders, which Judea was around Jerusalem, they don't want, he didn't want to go to the Jewish leaders uh, because, or go to Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. That's a good reason not to go. <laughs> That's a good reason not to go. And, you know, it's not that he was fearful per se, it's that his timing was not yet. He had still had work to do. Verse 2. But when the Jewish festival of, which by the way, that's a great, you know, this whole, you know, sometimes we can become martyrs and we just barrel into destructive situations mindlessly. Remember, Jesus didn't even do that. He, he said the people in Jeru Judea were upset and angry and wanted to kill him. So, you know, he's not like this, this just, you know, someone who just wants to evoke riots. So he's like, well, that's where I'm going to go. Forget them. I don't care. Let's go. No, use some wisdom. Verse 2, but when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the works you do. Um, so the Feast of Tabernacles is Sukkot. Uh, it's a time where the Jewish, still to this day, celebrate the, the Jewish community, celebrates the provision of God in the wilderness. Um, Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, or Feast of Booths. Um, usually is in the fall, um, September, October ish. I think this past year, 2021, it was in, uh, late September. Uh, but when the Jewish festival of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brothers, Jesus' brother said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea so that your disciples, disciples there may see the works you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe him. Believe him. So this is his biological brothers who are encouraging him to leave Galilee and go to Judea. They try and get that brother. Trying to get Jesus killed. <laughs> <clears throat> this is what Jesus told him. Therefore, my time is not yet here. For you and any, for you any time will do. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. You go to. To the, you go to the festival. I am not going to the festival because my time has not yet fully come. I'm not going to go to Jerusalem to celebrate Sukkot. You go because my time has not yet come. After he said this, he stayed in Galilee. 
Jesus, skip church. <laughs> I bet you never thought you'd never seen that before. <clears throat> Jesus, skip church. Yeah, because the people at church going to kill me. I've been there before. <laughs> <clears throat> I felt like that before. Years ago during, <laughs> not not in several years, but there have been days. It's like, oh, well, they don't like me there. They don't, yeah, I'm not a popular person. I'm most, oh, I wish I could skip church today. <laughs> um, verse 10. However, after his brothers had left the festival, he also, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. So he did go. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking, where is he? Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said, he is a good man. Others replied, no, he deceives the people. But no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Hmm. <clears throat> Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus, because it's like a week-long festival, guys. This isn't like a, a you know an hour on Sunday morning. Sukkot is a week long. So halfway through the festival, Jesus uh, got up to the got up, let me try this again. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple courts and began to teach. The Jews were there amazed and asked, how does this man get such learning without having been taught? How does he know all this? Jesus said, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. There he is. I'm not like y'all. I'm built different. <laughs> Jesus is like, I'm built different. <laughs> Literally. Verse 17. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does not do whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me? Mm. He says, tell him, you ever said you're not keeping, you're not even keeping the law. You, you claim Moses is a man of truth, man of man of God, <clears throat> but you don't even keep his law. Verse 20, you are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Wow. So, um, um, so here you have his brothers who are not sure who he is. Now you have religious leaders who are not sure he, who he is. And more than that, they're calling him demon-possessed. Yeah, so we shouldn't be surprised when people you know, have to struggle through some things to figure out who Jesus is. Jesus said to them, verse, in, verse 21, I did, one, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? He's referring back to... Um, previous healings on the Sabbath. Why are you, he's like, why are you so sideways about me healing on the Sabbath when the law of Moses even uh, permits, even commands that if, uh, if the, you know, the, the circumcision, the eighth day of the, the appointed time of circumcision falls on the Sabbath, you're allowed to quote unquote, break the Sabbath to perform a circumcision so that you can keep the law of Moses. So why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Yeah. Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Ooh, zinger. That's a good word for all of us, right? Stop judging by mere appearances and instead judge correctly. What does that mean? 
Appearances aren't always the proper way to judge. Rarely are they. Which reminds me that you know, always there, <clears throat> there's this verse in the Old Testament talking about God that God um, don't um, man judges the outward appearance, but God judges the heart. <laughs> Which is an ironic thing that we because we often turn that verse to mean something it exactly says we can't do. So we say, uh, God says you can't. God, man judges the outward, but God judges the heart. And so then what, the way we turn that is say, okay, so look at people's heart and not the outward. And that verse says that precisely that we can't do that. <laughs> Why? Because only God sees the heart. So we say, yeah, don't judge, you know, <coughs> excuse me. It was like, so we turn this verse that says, Man judges the outward appearance, but God judges the heart. And we turn that verse to, say, to teach us, see, so you should be looking at people's hearts and not their outward. The verse says we can't. Only God can do that. <laughs> I can't see someone's heart. I judge fruit. We judge fruit. We judge the outward. In, in a strict sense, that's all we can do. But we should be cautious because the outward is not always the true indication of what's really inside. So we've got to be we've got to be cautious. We've got to be discerning. We can't judge just by mere appearances. We've got to judge correctly. Because God, because he is God, can see the heart, but we can't. Verse 25. At that point, some of the people of Jerusalem began to ask, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Here he is, speaking publicly, and they are not saying a word to him. They aren't even trying to kill him. Have the authorities really concluded that he is the Messiah? But we know. Where this man is from. When the Messiah comes, no one will know where he's from. Really? Not true. That's some bad theology right there. Somebody didn't read their Bible. <laughs> oh my goodness. I hear that. Man. Somebody didn't read their Bible. Because the, clearly in the Old Testament, it said that out of Bethlehem, <laughs> a ruler would rise. So, uh, yeah. Somebody didn't read their Bible. Somebody skipped Sunday school. That's why we read our Bibles, man, so that we, because people, oh my goodness, we got to help. We, we got to help, man. We got to help. We got to help our, our friends understand what the Bible really says. Interestingly, interesting fact, though, about Bible interest, I don't know the exact numbers. I, I'll have to look them up for you. But, uh, you know, through the pandemic, um, interest in the Bible has skyrocketed. You know, there was basically a basic disinterest in the Bible. I mean, it was kind of trending that way with the pandemic that has, that has radically shifted. There has been a dramatic interest in the Bible, um, which is awesome, which is great. And, um, and another little caveat is that in the history of um, Christian history, it's amazing how renewal movements in the church have occurred simultaneous to, with or uh, on the on the back end or coming out of a pandemic. The monastic movement in the early uh, 500s, um, the great schism that happened between the East and West in 1054, the Reformation, which happened in the 15th, 16th century. Um, and hey, so, you know, who knows? We, we, we may be on the brink of a... Uh, of a great renewal movement in the church. 
hey, God's, you know, God's always up to something. Uh, and maybe that renewal movement is a renewal of the word of God. Man, let it be. Lord, let it be. <laughs> That's part of what we're about, right? We're about the word of God. We're, we're trying to learn the word of God. We're trying to understand what God says, what's actually in the book. And not to just to know it, to reinforce our own ideologies, but to, to be transformed by it. Yes. That's why I love you guys, man. Because you care about this thing. We're kindred spirits, <laughs> you and me, because we care about the word. We want to understand. We haven't learned everything. We don't know everything, but we want to we want to learn. We want to know what God actually said, what he actually teaches, and line, align our lives with it. Yeah. So uh, where are we? Verse 28. Then Jesus, teaching in the temple courts, cried out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I'm from. I am not here on my own authority, but he who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I am from him and he sent me. Did Jesus ever claim to be God? Everybody? Yes. <laughs> On many occasions. <laughs> Verse 30. And this, they tried to seize him. Why did they try to seize him? Because he just claimed to be God. He just claimed to be sent from God. <laughs> people didn't get seized and crucified in the first century for saying, be nice to people. They got crucified for claiming authority and power and threatening the government. And here Jesus is the biggest threat. We say, I'm God. Still many in the crowd believed him. How about that? I'm sorry, I missed the part. Verse 30. At this they, they tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Still many in the crowd believed him. They said, when the Messiah comes, will he perform more signs than this man? Like, can you really, can we expect the Messiah to literally do more than this? The Pharisees heard the crowds whispering such things about him. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees sent temple guards to arrest him. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time. And then I'm going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not be able to find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks to teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said that? They're all nervous now. What do you mean? How, where's he going to go? What's he going to do? You will look for me, but you will not find me, Jesus said. And where I am, you cannot come. Verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice. Oh, I love this. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Isn't that interesting? Just think of the irony. They're just the the uh, the power of that. Jesus on the last day of the of Sukkot, the festival of booths, the feast the um, uh, the feast of of, of uh, tabernacles. Um, he stands up, which is a reminder, is celebration of God's provision for the children of Israel in the wilderness. How God sustained them provided for them. Jesus stands up on the last day of that sacred festival and says, if anyone is thirsty, come and let him drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Wow. Are you in a wilderness today? Are you in a wilderness? Are you in a desert? Come to Jesus and out of you will flow streams of living water because of him. Man, what great news. 
By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him would later receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had yet not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is a prophet. Others said, He's the Messiah. Still others said, How can the Messiah come from Galilee? Is anything good from Galilee? Does not the scripture say that the Messiah will come from uh, come from David's descendants and here you go and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? See, they're trying to collect. Earlier they didn't say they said they no one knows where he was where he's from, and here he's like, well, uh, somebody somebody had read their Bible. <laughs> Verse forty three. Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Someone deceives him, but no one laid a hand on him. Verse forty five. Finally, the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why didn't you bring him in? Verse 46, no one ever spoke the way this man does, the guards replied. You mean he has deceived you also? See, the guards are like, this. there's something, there's something different about him. <laughs> you mean he's deceived you also, guards? The Pharisees re retorted. Have any of the rulers of the, or of the Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law there is a curse on them. Now watch this. Nicodemus, that name, we know that name, John chapter 3. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn a man without first he hearing him to find out what he, has what he has been doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it, and you will, and you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. Wow. Well, tomorrow we'll be reading John chapter 8, which is my one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible. <laughs> but some good stuff here. See, this was a good turning point in the in the in the story of John, in the Gospel of John. People are struggling to figure out who Jesus is. His family, religious leaders, some in the crowd, even the guards, the, the Roman officials, everyone's trying to figure out who is this guy. And Jesus says, it, but if and Jesus just pronounces loudly, if anyone comes to me, if you're thirsty, come. Hey, are you thirsty today? We're about to pray. We're going to pray that anyone who's thirsty, spiritually just dry, that um, that, that thirst will be quenched through Jesus today. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know what we do. We read, we pray. Let's pray. Our Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you for uh, your power and your courage and uh, the fact that you offer this invitation to anyone who hears it, <laughs> that if we're thirsty, we can come to you and we could drink. So God, I pray for those who are in this community who may be just thirsty today, maybe tired physically, emotionally, mentally, just, just parched. God, we come to you because we believe that you are the stream of living water. Out of you, you are the well, the wellspring of life that can bring new water. So, God, we look to you. We pray that you would refresh us. We pray that you would, like a, uh, like a gentle rain, would 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 just uh, saturate our spirits with the Holy Spirit. God, help us to go out today and to be that living water for others, to give people hope and encouragement, to point them to the one who is the resurrection, and the life. Lord, I pray your blessing and encouragement on each and every one of my friends today. May you bless them real good today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for being a part today. You know, I was thinking as we were praying, 
you know, back to our story about the woman at the well, which is so powerful about the story of the woman at the well, and it just re- relates to this living water. You know, Jesus sits down on this well in Samaria and basically then tells her that he is the wellspring of eternal life. But you know what I thought about? She was also a dried up well. She, the Samaritan woman, was a dried up well. She was defeated. She was discouraged. She felt alienated. She felt uh, shame and regret and all of those things. She was a dried up well. And Jesus brought her to life <laughs> because out of her flowed streams of living water. She was one of those that that re- responded to Jesus's invitation to anyone who is thirsty, come and drink, and out of you will come streams of living water. You know, the woman at the well in John chapter four, she came to the living well, Jesus, and she who was a dried up well, had nothing left to give, became a, a wellspring of life. And what happened through that wellspring of life? She shared the good news of Jesus to her community and many other people met that same Jesus that gave them living water too. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. God is awesome. All right, you guys. Love you guys so much. Have a fantastic day tomorrow. Don't miss tomorrow. John chapter eight, my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorite verses in the entire Bible. Awesome story. Don't want to miss it. Hope to hope to see you here tomorrow. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.